Praise Him on today, my brothers and my sisters. What another beautiful day to expound on, to fellowship, to sup together in the word of the Lord, to allow the living waters of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through his word to touch us in the very deepest parts of us that need to be touched, that no one else knows the petitions that we've laid before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that no one knows the things that weigh heavily on our hearts as we go about each and every day uh, made up and, 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 and built up on the outside with our, our makeup, our perfume, our colognes, our nice clothes, our hats, our weaves, our haircuts, our jewelry, uh, our facial hair, everything else that we use to place on these earthen vessels that endure many, many, many seen and unseen, told and unspoken trials and tribulations that weigh us down. But on today, we want to talk about a subject that is not talked about much, and it's just point-blankly entitled, That's Not Faith. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. That's not faith. We know the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, in the 11th chapter, in the 6th verse, it says, But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hallelujah. Without faith. Now, we know that in the world we live in that many people proclaim to be people of great faith. Many people proclaim to have faith. And uh, very few people will acknowledge that they don't. They may say they don't have faith in God, but they will have faith in themselves. They will have faith in the government. They will have faith in other systems if these systems are providing any form of maintenance for their lives, enable, enabling them to pay their rent, their car note, their mortgages, or go on vacation, or eat in restaurants, they will have faith in the natural. But we're not talking about the natural, my brothers and my sisters. We're talking about a supernatural God who demands it, and he's telling you and I, that's not faith. Before we get into this subject, let's look at a couple verses of the two different types of faith that if this exists in Romans 12 and 3, it says that to every man, God has given the measure of faith. So there is no reason why each and every person in this world has not developed their faith. The only reason they have not developed their faith is because their eyes, their ears, their hearts are somewhere else, seeking something and someone else. They have other idols in front of the God of this world, the God of this universe, the God of all gods. He is the Lord of all lords. He's the king of all kings. He's given to every man and woman to ever walk the face of this earth a measure of faith because through that measure of faith, he's able to reconnect with them. He's able to bring them back into the fold. He's able to order their steps. He's able to do things through them that can happen no other way the measure of faith. In Matthew 8 and 26, it talks about O ye of little faith. So there are those who have little faith simply because they too have not committed fully to the process and the plan of God to allow God to develop that little faith into great faith, to be used greatly of God, to experience him in a manner that is written in the scriptures to whosoever will. Whosoever will deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow after Jesus Christ then they are in the position of victory. They have opened themselves up to where there are no limits. In the earth, they say the sky is a limit, but again, that is in the earth. In the kingdom of God, there is no limits because the one we serve, the one who created us, the one who called us, 
the one who ordained our lives knows no limits. So we are now one with him. We are an heir of God. We're joint heirs of God through Christ Jesus. So all things are mine. All things are yours. If we pick up that mantle, if we allow the necessary shaping, shaping and equipping to take place in our lives. The last form of faith we want to look at before we get into our message as well is in Mark chapter 5 in verse 40. When Jesus tells them, he says, and he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? My brothers and my sisters, there are people that you may be looking at at this very second. There are people who you may walk with each and every day who appear to have faith, but they have no faith. The Bible says they exist. I didn't say it. How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? We've all seen the miraculous. We've all experienced something in our lives where we knew it could be nothing but God. Just waking up each and every day, having the activities and the use of all of your limbs, being able to talk, being able to hear these words that are coming out of our mouth is a reason. It is a cause to have faith in God and to worship him. Because the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy you, not only while you are awake, my brothers and my sisters, he will kill you in your sleep because he's a thief. He will steal your life. That's why the Bible says Jesus is going to come back like a thief in the night. Satan is a thief. He will steal from you. But it is your faith. It is your faith that allows you to not only win, but to win big, to win often. Hallelujah. And to win bodaciously and make the enemy look like the fool that he is. To make him know that you know who you are and whose you are. And that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that every tongue that rises against you, thou shalt condemn. Hallelujah. Because this is the heritage of the saints of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. The book of Isaiah, the 54th chapter, verse 17. Those are wise words from the prophet Isaiah to the people of God to encourage you that it is your faith that allows you, if you will develop it, this measure of faith, this grain of a mustard seed of faith that can grow into a great tree because you feed it the only food that can cause it to grow to be a great tree, which is the word of God. That you water it with the only water that can make it grow, which is the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we have to go from that is not faith to being faithful. You see, we're only found faithful when our faith is allowed to be demonstrated by our faithfulness. That is what pleases God. You see, God must look at what we do, not just what we say. Because too many of us say we have faith, too many of us say we love God, but yet we live lives that are contrary to what we're saying. We do things that are contrary to what people do who truly have faith in God. Light no longer dwells in darkness. Righteousness no longer continues to commit intentional unrighteousness. Mere words are played out. Mere words are not powerful when there is no corresponding action, my brothers and my sisters. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We must walk by faith. We must be doers of the word and the work of God rather than just hearers. We hear the word. The word is preached on the radio. The word is preached in the church. The word is preached on the internet. 
The word is preached on the television. We read the Bible. We read self-help books. We go to conferences. We fellowship with other people who are supposed to be people of faith, but yet our lives remain the same. Our lives remain in the low place. There's a verse of scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes. I believe it's in the 10th chapter where it says that there is an evil which I have seen on the earth as an error which proceeded out from the ruler. It says folly is set in great dignity and the rich sit in a low place. I've seen servants upon horses and I've seen princes walking as servants in the earth. That's where our foolishness and our lack of faith causes us to sit in the low place. The rich sit in the low place to the point so that those in darkness, those who don't know God, those who have no faith, those who are not trying to surrender to God or submit to God, even though he's knocking on the doors of their heart continuously and daily, they are not even coming to the door. They're peeking out the window because they know if they let him in, there must be a change of order. That things are going to have to be different. That all of the excuses will be eliminated that he will take their crutches, that he will take them out of the wheelchair and he will make them walk, hallelujah, that they will no longer be able to wallow in the pig pen, that they will no longer be able to return to their folly as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. You see, it is the time now that God is telling us that he and only he will empower you to fulfill your destiny and your purpose as you trust in him and you take the steps that he has ordered for you and you walk by faith and not by sight. But you got to be willing to do this. You cannot continue to be one of little faith or one of no faith. You have to activate the measure of faith which God has imparted in you. See, God has a work that he wants to do. And this work is not about you. This work is all about God. God's work is done for God, but it's done through man. And when it's done through man, it's in God's hand, which means that work will never lack God's supply. You don't have to worry about the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. God completes everything that he starts. Hallelujah. God wants to Finish what he started in you from the day of your birth into this earth. God takes absolutely no pleasure in those that turn back if you're professing to be a person of faith. You see, but what happens is because we have not exercised our faith, because we have not stretched our faith, because we have not truly allowed our faith to be truly tested and tried time and time again, so it grows into a big, strong muscle of faith. When we face adversity, we abort the mission. We think it's not of God. We turn around, we quit, we get discouraged, we get deflated, we start to doubt. Adversity does not mean abort. Persecution does not mean you're not in the right place. Persecution does not mean that God has not called you to do the impossible and the unthinkable because people around you don't agree or because they do not understand. That does not mean abort. The Bible says in 2 Timothy uh, verse 3, 11 and 12, I believe it is, it says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Persecution is a sign that you are in the right place and you're doing the right thing. Hallelujah. Rejection and being despised of men is not a sign that you are not chosen of God. It is actually a sign that you are. Matthew 10 and 36, a man's foe shall be they of his own household. 
Hallelujah. In 1 John 1, it says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you, for they hated me. These are all signs, but because you have not exercised your faith, because you don't study to show yourself approved, because your seeing eye and your hearing ear and your willing legs and your quick feet are quick to run toward things that feed your flesh, things that are pleasurable, things that allow you to store up treasures on earth and not treasures in heaven. There are countless talk shows on the television and on the radio to demand your attention. There are countless people that the enemy will send in your lives that are decoys to detach you from the things of God and to distract you when you should be still and know that he's God and study, you see. But we run from it because taking the position and walking with God will cause me to separate. It will cause me to experience some moments and days and even years of sorrow because my flesh will be chastened. Remember, the Bible says, that God, the Lord only chastens those that he loves. And if you endure chastening, that God deals with you as a son. He only chastens those that he loves. And he chastens or scourges every son that he receives. There's no way to get into the presence of your father, to get into the plan your father has for you without him scourging you. That's God dealing with you in a manner that's going to be uncomfortable. That's God dealing with you in a manner that's going to try your faith. That's God putting you in positions that you cannot get out of. That only he can come and rescue you out of that lion's den. Only he can come and get you out of that fiery furnace. Only he can walk on the water and meet you in that boat as the winds continue to roar and the waters continue to rage, my brothers and my sisters. We're talking about faith. We're talking about real faith. We're talking about being chosen to bring in the harvest that is plenteous. We're talking about being our brothers and sisters' keeper. We're talking about being equipped to suffer the heat of the day and toil unendingly in the things of God and for our God. We're talking about being prepared through the fiery trials that will only cause others to quit but for those that are chosen and willing to allow God to fully equip them to go through it, they will be strengthened by the fire. They will be matured in the fires for every good work. They will expand and increase the kingdom of God. And it won't happen by their power or by their might, but by their God's spirit. That is faith, my brothers and my sisters. That's what God is looking for. This kind of faith is a magnet. It will bring everything in the universe your way. Sure, there will be many days where you will appear to be on the bottom. Sure, there will be many days where it appears like you're losing. But those things must be, my brothers and my sisters, because the very people who see you on the bottom, the very people who persecute you and talk badly about you and downgrade you like you're losing are going to be the very ones to testify that God has put you on the top. They're going to be the very ones that testify that you're winning now and your job because God has given you a heart of flesh and taking your stony hard heart is to witness to your enemies. Because remember he said in Psalms 23 that God's going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. God wants you to feed your enemies. God wants you to help those that remain in darkness. God wants you to help those who are those of little faith and those who are of no faith, that they may now walk with you. 
who started out as a grain of a mustard seed of faith, but are now true living witnesses and disciples of great faith to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the miraculous power of his works and his unlimitedlessness for with God, nothing shall be impossible. This is what God has saved you for. This is what he called you to. It's not to take up space in a church. It's not just to sing praises in a choir. It's not just to hand out bread in a bread line. You are God's vessel and his vehicle for the miraculous to come, to come out from among those in this world system and to dwell amongst those who are in the kingdom system because God says it is time for us in Mark 1 and 14 through Jesus Christ to believe ye the gospel, the gospel being the good news of Jesus Christ, which overtakes, overpowers, and kicks out the bad news of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.